Enjoy the two true freaks internet radio broadcast. Welcome to installment number three of Planet of the Apes Month. And this time around, it's the fourth movie. And, you know, if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to the other two, they, listen to them because we'll explain why we're not on on escape right now. Why, why, but, or whatever. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> Deal with it. Yes, exactly. And, and as you hear, I've got Luke Giaconetti here. And hey, Chris, how are you doing? A fellow ape maniac, and we're going to talk over Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, the fourth installment from oh, 1972. I was four years old when this came out. I wasn't even a concept when this came oh. out. <laughs> not even not even a vague notion. I, I, I'm sure I was not aware of the Planet of the Apes. At the, <laughs> it was probably a couple, within a couple, three years of that. As soon as I got into school, Ape Mania was everywhere because every little kid in school was just crazy for the apes. Because they were all, you know, the first couple, three were coming onto TV. Right. They were probably all on TV by that time. And, uh, and Escape was just all the time. 
that was the one I'd always they'd always have that as a CBS uh, movie. You know, I should have tried probably somewhere on YouTube they have all the promos from CBS. I, yeah. I still remember the one with zero say zero 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 the hot zero saying good night <laughs> to the television to the newscaster on the television. <laughs> which I thought was the most awesome thing. But this one, I think this one probably is of the Apes movie. I'm about halfway through Battle. I haven't finished off Battle yet. But uh, there are, of all the Apes movies, and of course we haven't seen the new um, Planet of the Dawn. Apes. Dawn, is yeah. it? Dawn of the Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, yes. But I'm thinking this one is probably the closest in story as to what that movie's gonna be. Yeah. Maybe in spirit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you get part of this in Rise also, you know. Yes. Part, parts of it. Yes. But, you know, the, uh, uh, that, that's the thing about this movie, and we'll get into this, is that th- this is kind of a, this is a real important step, you know, to, to understanding how exactly all this can go down, how this series can come back to where it started at. This is kind of the, the, the crux, you know, the crucial aspect, the crucial point. Yes, yes, yes. But the the you know, ape axis. The ape axis. <laughs> Actually, that sounds like a. That sounds like. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't do a Planet of the Apes where they had ape Hitler or something, you know. <laughs> ape Hirohito. Ape Hitler. And well, ape you know, axis. you got. Uh, all, all I'm gonna say is, you know, there is a, a Japanese ripoff of Planet of the Apes. And in the American dub of it, there is a bad guy named Chief Gaybar. <laughs> oh no! So <laughs> somebody, somebody in the dubbing room was having yeah. having a riot. Yeah. Sandy Frank was playing a playing a fast one, or, or just not paying attention. One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when you're doing that voiceover work, it's probably pretty boring. You know, you want to <laughs> spice it up and see what you can get away with every once in a while. <laughs> a little drinky drink and between takes and you know Chief yeah. Gay Bar pops out <laughs> <laughs> alright but enough about Bill Robinson whoa no. oh, hey just checking to see if he's listening <laughs> well I, I I am ready to to swing right into this one Yep. get on my tire good. swing and swing so as everybody knows now this actually just to uh, piss everybody off out there, we are watching the unrated Blu-ray rip of of Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, which has a different ending yeah. than, the, than the normal ending. So, you know, if you're watching the normal one, thing, you might wonder what the hell we're talking about at the end, but then you'll know what the difference is. Yeah, the majority of the film is the same between the... Uh, the uh, theatrical cut and the unrated cut, but like you said, you can get the unrated cut on the Blu-ray, and it, it's available out there. It's worth it's worth tracking down. And if and if you don't have that, don't worry about it because, like I said, it's just the ending. So ninety nine point forty four of it'll still be okay. Yep. <laughs> you know, insofar as two true freaks commentaries are are okay, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> but just put quotes around that okay, and, and <laughs> the lawyers will be happy. All right, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to do the standard countdown. I'm going to count down from three, and when I say go, you hit play. We're on zero, zero, and we will begin the conquest of the Planet of the Apes. Three, 
to who? One go. Okay, here we are. North America, 1991. I don't know. I, I wonder <laughs> if this is a commentary about the coming grunge move and everybody just kind of shuffling say, around. There's young Eddie Vedder in Seattle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there, there's Chris Cornell. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's Lane Stacy. You know, the, the whole, the whole crew. to Starbucks before their job, butts and tables. <laughs> yeah, see, the original version of, of the movie Singles right here, Conquest of Planet <laughs> no, of the Age. No! No! <laughs> Bad Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> now, um... When did you first see Conquest of the Planet of the Apes? Oh, oh God, when I was a little kid. I I don't know. Most of the Planet of the Apes movies I saw not at home because my parents were, were they were jerks, man. They didn't let me stay. These were the, the Planet of the Apes movies were usually on at the late night 11 movie on our uh, local CBS station. So I would see them at a friend's house who either had cable or we'd be staying up late because we'd be at a friend's house and uh and they were i mean somebody with cable you could almost always catch a godzilla or a planet of the apes movie on um and i think when when i when the movies were big on tv that was probably around the same time that they decided to do the television series and i and i do remember watching that when it came out on TV, but it wasn't out for very long. And even no. as a kid, <laughs> yeah. I was like, "This just is not cutting the mustard," you know. <laughs> it, it just didn't didn't make any sense. Yeah. They see uh, the now. I remember distinctly my father showing my brother and I uh, Planet of the Apes, Beneath the Planet of the Apes, and I'm pretty sure we also also watched Escape. I love the Frank Capra Jr. associate producer. I just love that for <laughs> some reason. I don't know why. Um, but I, so I remember watching the first three when when I was a kid, and I had never seen Conquest or Battle. It wasn't until I was in college, and there was a great site called Stomp Tokyo Video Reviews, and they did all sorts of cult and B movie video reviews, and they're still out there. It's Stomp. It's it's, uh, it's Stomp Tokyo. I don't remember if it's .com or .org. And you got to look for the reviews, but they're still there. And I was reading on it one day, and I saw the reviews of Conquest of Planet of the Apes. I'm like, I don't know what this is. So I read it. And the story, uh, there's Montalban, yeah. uh, really intrigued me. So I, I rented it from the local uh, movie gallery and, and watched it with my friends. I'm like, wow, this was really good. So we went back, we, we rented Battle as well. I was like, oh, I like that one too. So I've just been a big fan of this one since I watched it in college. And getting a chance to rewatch it again for this is just a real treat. This is uh, this is just a really good story, and I really liked it. So even though I was introduced to it a little late, I you see I seem to remember this this one in battle was w- where where they would um, where they went south from when I was a kid, in my opinion. And not saying that they went up in quality, but they were uh, these both. I have I'm. Now I haven't seen the last half of Battle, so I'm reserving my judgment till I've seen the whole thing because it could go south. From where, right at the point where I am, I was thinking this could just be this could just end up being really cheesy. But it, it, if it ends up with just Battle, okay, I'll watch Apes and Humans Battle. Right. Yeah. Um. But um, this one, you know, if you're thinking about it as making sense in the timeline of the story they've set up it seems to be happening way too fast 
And there's some weird things that I'll point out later that just yeah. that, 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 there's a there's some things that don't make sense. But I'm at the point now where I've decided that I look at Planet of the Apes movies as almost their own self-contained variation on a theme movies. Mm-hmm. They do run the continuity in a in a rough sort of now, sense. Now let me let me let me interrupt you right there. It's right there. Armando says, "Now listen to me, Caesar." And that that that's one nitpick of mine that I really that bugs me about this film because he should call him Milo. Right, right. His name should be Milo. I got I really suspect that that's a just a mistake in the script that he his name is Milo until he picks his name later. So th- th- this is just a great bit of scenery chewing from uh, Montalban as well. You know, and and the the always fun bit of bringing back the guy to play his own son. Yes. You know, tra- traditional B movie sequel technique. You know, son, brother, something like that. You know, uh, just a lot of put to good use here. Excuse well, the thing, One of the one of the things I like about this is McDowell gets a real chance to shine playing Caesar mm-hmm. in ways that he doesn't as Cornelius, because Cornelius yes. is such a kind of a dandy a little bit, you know, and a bit of a fop. Whereas Caesar is not none of those things, so it's it's to me it's a a better performance, or it's, not so much a better performance, but it, it's a different performance that touches on different notes. Well, he 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 looks different, he looks slightly different. Yeah, he's got a different body. Let you know he 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 is. I mean, it certainly helps a lot that he's under ape makeup. <laughs> and that he's a really good actor too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that he he's. It's more plausible than usually than the you know the brother or the the yeah. son coming back or whatever. It looks exactly like his dad. Yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> you know I mean maybe it's nostalgia or whatever, but you know I'm a lot more forgiving of movies of this time period doing all these right. sequel stretches and stuff because I I know it really bothers um Scott Gar. I mean really all this shit should be happening. Like what, four or five hundred years later than right well, now? Well, you know that that's also part of the the idea that by coming back, Cornelius and Zira screwed up the timeline and sped things up. Yeah, sped things up, and that and and so that that's the the argument for the next film is is this you know what is is this what happened before Planet of the Apes or is this an alternate timeline? Because. Uh, my my wife, God bless her, the one of the the few uh, old school science fiction series she actually likes is Planet of the Apes. So we've been watching all of them for uh, for Planet of the Apes month here, and you know we had a discussion, you know the the kind of discussion married people have often about it did Planet of the Apes form an alternate timeline or not, you know? <laughs> oh, ape cruelty, random act of violence against a chimp, right there. Well, you know, in in Escape, they were they were talking about sort of quantum theory of alternate timelines a little bit yep. when the guy was doing his sort of goofy painter painting the painter infinity yeah. <laughs> explanation there but uh man Montalban's so great it's just like I love I love that this happens right in memoriam of Rover yes <laughs> assuming the cat is named Fluffy or, or Mr. Whiskers one of the two was like a plague but this is like Montalban character number two, the suave, the suave guy, and he's a little different. I guess maybe because he's an old, older or whatever, he's a little different than in the last movie. He came off almost as swashbuckling, 
Yeah. And I don't know if, if it was if it was in the script or whatever, but he seems to be like a semi-broken man now. Yeah. And maybe it's because, you know, the the government has gone south and, you know, things aren't aren't the way they used to be for a scoundrel and a rogue. Mm-hmm. But he, he seems fundamentally broken and resigned. It, you know, he seems to know from the very beginning that, uh, you know, things are probably not going to go well for him. You know, yeah. his future is not bright in this world. Yep. And it, it's, you know, you talked about, I'm, it's interesting too, you notice there's not a lot of orangutans in this movie. No. You, you see some in the group shots, but then there's almost none later on. I don't, I don't maybe the orangutan makeup wasn't as convincing on the lower budget. Well, uh, Natalie Trundy there under the uh, chip makeup after being an escape. Well, uh, once again with different, she's doing the Talia Shire in, um, in um, Rocky, Rocky. Yep. body language. <laughs> of course, it's before Rocky, so Talia Shire yeah. was actually doing doing Natalie Trundy. Yeah. Body language, yeah. <laughs> I love I love the the little waiter jacket the gorilla's wearing here. Yeah, I, that's with the little the the pad the shoulder pads. Well, they've also you notice the body language of the waiter gorilla is more. You know, he's got weight. Look at he's doing the like uh, like that for you, ma'am. Uh, you're welcome. I mean, they're, look at him. They're he fussy. looks like he, he enjoys his he's job. Look at him. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's got something to do. I mean, what what else would he be doing? He'd be in the jungle, you know. If it wasn't for the occasional whipping and, you know, he would be yeah. like, he would be doing gorilla stuff in the jungle and now he's just doing other stuff and eating. Yeah. And if it wasn't for the occasional whipping and, and stuff, I guess. But... Yeah. <laughs> Now it's I'm not, starting to sound the, like some of our like, senators these days. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta watch myself. If if not for the if not for the brutality and slavery, they had a pretty good life going on here. But well, it's funny uh, because it would seem on the surface that a lot of the Planet of the Apes are movies seem to be like about racism or you know it would seem like this movie would be a parable for about slavery, and it is sort of. But I have, but I sense more of a, um, you know, um, the 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 time period. Maybe not a paranoia, but you know, fear and of like youth movements, you know, yeah. youth rebellion and stuff. I think this movie is more about the fear of rebellion from within rather than you know about about slavery and how people treat because. Really, that point's been made already in in Planet of the Apes from the very beginning of like, oh, okay, you know, the the humans can enslave the apes, and then the apes will enslave the humans, and it's this big cycle of, I guess, (laughs) I don't want to say human nature, because it seems like ape nature follows human nature, and vice versa. And, uh, look at that! Look at that! Look at that makeup! That suit acting right there from McDowell huffing his, uh, yeah. his lips. He does. He does that. I, I I love that. Go human, not ape. Is the sign. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but uh, you know he he. I mean at this point, he had done um, you know Planet of the Apes and he had done Escape. At this point, McDowell is an old pro at this. At the makeup, yeah, he's yeah, and, his, and, can work his eye, like his uh, brow. I want to say eyebrows, yeah. but he's working his whole brow to to. Do right. That. And he, yeah, he, he 
he just looks he looks great out here and he, and he conveys you know it's it's that old argument about man in a suit versus cg is that you get the performance aspect and these films are like a uh, a case in point of that and uh, here's mcdonald being introduced and we know he's an okay guy because uh, uh Bond says that he's the number one assistant here it's good to see that 70s afro haircut came back in the early 90s well, you know how it is. Every 20 years or so, the fashions just recycle themselves. Yeah. Oh, there's this. Yeah, you don't want to say that. The Heston moment. <laughs> I love that he just bites the flyer. Yeah. <laughs> I've done a bad thing. <laughs> He's a uh, performing ape uh, for my A talking ape? No, no. <laughs> Montalban is way too... I, I like how he instantly just goes... Just starts playing... He's. It's funny because he's like playing dumb ape, but it's at the same time his eyes are are being almost too intelligent. But I. I but once again, to get away from get away from the slavery into the youth thing, he's like, he's. I mean, we're we're looking at. He's very much like Cornelius, but it's a d- different nurture. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's like. He's like a teenager seeing, man, the brutality of the pigs. Yeah, yep. <laughs> and uh, I, also, I also love the, the great police work here of yell that, and it doesn't sound like that. So obviously the conclusion must be <laughs> that it was your chimp that spoke. Yeah. Not that it could be someone else yes. in this crowd of 70 people. Yes, because that's a possibility that you wonder about all the time. You know, <laughs> maybe it was a chimp that spoke. You always well, say that. Know, they but I guess... The- yeah, but you know, I guess if you're living post-escape, when the government said that, you know, the talking chimps were going to dominate the planet, maybe you do think that, you Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it seemed pretty cut and dried that there weren't, that all the talking apes were killed, so, but, yeah, as we find out, they were definitely weren't so sure of that. And the government here is, is kind of crazy. I, I love in the, in this one that we've got a very... We've gone from in about 25 years story time to this incredibly decentralized government. Mm-hmm. That now there's there's apparently only the city and the governor runs everything, and there's no, as far as we can tell from this film, no federal or state government. No president left. or anything, right? Yeah. And and the the city here was actually filmed in Century City. They they had so little money that they couldn't really build sets. So a lot of this was shot on location in Century City in California, which was just being had just finished being built. So that's why it has that kind of modernist, you know, in the 70s, that was a futuristic kind of look, you know. Uh, it's, again, put to good use. You, uh, you and Scott talked about on one of them, uh, I think on the Beneath one, about the, the budget just being cut over and over on these films. Yep. And the scale of this film lends itself well to that because while there's a lot of apes in this one, there's not a lot of crazy sets, you know. You don't got to build ruins in New York right. or anything like that. And a so, lot of the apes, when you see them, they're in crowd shots, so you don't have to have the real, you know. They could have been buying some off-the-shelf Planet of the Apes mask by this time, yeah. just for some of the the far off. I I think the last two movies have been very inventive, with, um, saying okay, we've got a limited budget. Let's put it on Earth. So then right. we can just film it like a TV show. You know, it takes place in apartments and 
we we have yeah. to build we have to drag the spaceship out from the first movie and and fix it up a little bit and right and, yeah, and here we're on we're on back we're on the city street or we're on a city street back lot you know or underneath underground uh, underneath a, the building here in the bells oh there's only like, one there's only one when i was watching this i was like here's the the set that they spent the money on yeah an ape but, control yes that's that's like the only you know big set it's great it too it might be used up used over pieces of a james bond set or something too yeah. <laughs> at that point you know like an evil genius uh yep. um launching point or something and here's our introduction to the governor and to culp and uh this this scene here is one of the ones that really gives me the the notion that this film is a lot like a comic book you know yes. having everybody sit around the table you can you can almost picture the captions you know saying uh you know uh culp chief investigator you know and all that as they go around and they, well, they, the, you can... the governor is a scene chewing yes. ham man he's you know i mean his lines are comic book lines and he just he's look at him <laughs> he's just yeah. you know and, uh, and uh, here we but go he's no heston you know yep a little bit of you know compact cassette still rocking it strong in 1991. I'm happy about. Although, to be honest, I mean we still bought. I still bought cassettes in 1991, so I'm okay with that. Vinyl's coming back, you know. Who, who knows? <laughs> I would love that TV set though. That's pretty neat. And uh, now, now is that the is that the same footage from Escape, or did they reshoot this? Because I don't remember it looking like this in Escape. It's fun. That guy's comb over almost makes him look like Gorbachev. <laughs> so he's going to jump up and rub the birthmark off his head. <laughs> he's got the glasses like a shop teacher as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, there, the governor there um, rocking the, uh, the Heston look, the uh, turtleneck with the blazer. In fact, they're all kind of got the, the Heston going on here with the turtlenecks and blazers. It's it's very you know it's very Planet of the Apes and the last movie with with like the last movie was just the, our regular go, regular seventies government government. Yeah. This one's the totalitarian government, but they're still they're, they're 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 basically the same kind of pricks, and it ends up being the same as the mutants too. Yeah, they 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 don't really like lock you up and like waterboard you or anything they just sit you down and like question everything you, you question everything you say strongly you know and <laughs> it's like being in a review in front of middle management you know? yeah yeah exactly it's but it's like it you know there doesn't seem to be any threats threat to, to us to yeah. watching it but like Montalban's quaking in his shoes but you don't get you don't get the night it's the, the these movies are weird because i because like like I was saying, it, this could have been a a, a strong theme of sla about slavery or, or racism or or any of that, or it could have been a strong theme about totalitarian governments and and youth rebellion and and to I think to its benefit, it doesn't. It just throws it in, yeah, and it's there. But, Interesting. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. But it's really, I think that they're almost about just doing a variation on that theme of ape and man and man and ape going back yeah. and forth, and then adding just a little bit of mythos. Yeah. Each time that can be carried into the next movie, you know. Right. Interesting bit here. Just previously, McDonald talked about how 
the gorilla that went uh, went out of control and beat his master when ape was when ape yeah oh here we go okay. naked apes I've been wa- okay so I've been waiting for this so here we have some or- here we have some orangutans yes. Now those look like orangutans. Yeah. They are guys in orangutan suits anyway. <laughs> yeah. But they're you know they're orangutan shaped and stuff. Yeah. And then, uh, okay, Cornelius, or not Cornelius, um, Caesar. Milo, Caesar Milo Caesar sneaks in with them. Yeah. All right. And there, that's pretty pretty bad fursuit. Yeah, that's um, pretty rough. <laughs> but they have no idea. He's a chimp. Yeah, real chimps are not that big. Yes, that that's always one of the one of the things about this. It's like, are we supposed to just accept that he's supposed to be much shorter? And real gorillas oh. are not that small, and real orangutans right. are not shaped like humans. So it's yeah, like, but it, yeah, we it, it's you work with the technology. It's not like you could do with Rise, where you have you know actual apes and and a, a, a you know a Caesar that's a mocap. That is actually right. chimp sized. Right, know, right, right, right. So, I, and my, I guess, want, yeah. are we supposed to be picture? Are we supposed to just be playing this along that, like, you know, that all those apes in the suits walking around are not like? I mean, I can, I can, I, I sort of always understood that those were the apes that have evolved up to almost human yeah. age. So now we have nine, twenty years later, and. And nobody's reacting like, oh, well, you know, we've got highly evolved apes and then we've got regular <laughs> apes. They're all yeah. just apes. And, like, they've been around forever. And I guess you've just got to let that go. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I never thought about that till these rewatches that these were supposed to be, you know, this would be, I mean, like, really, for him, for them to be like, why is this chimp so freakishly big <laughs> in proportion like a human? And yep. if he was a chimp this big, oh my god, he could tear these people limb from limb. A regular yep, chimp will take their much. face off. Yep, yep. So, you know, there you go. Let's not, <laughs> I guess we're not holding this to, yeah. to reality. Yeah, you, Just, can't, you can't really hold the feet to the fire on no. this one. Yeah. But, uh, but with, you know, like I said earlier, McDonald is talking about how the gorilla was covered with uh, scars from being regularly beaten. Now, in the original shooting script, there the scene that was supposed to start the film before they did the the credits was the scene that they're talking about there, where the uh, the gorilla goes ape and beats his master and then runs out and is he's shot. And when they examine the body, they find the welts and bruises all over him to suggest that he had been, you know, uh, abused for a long time. But that again, that was one of the things that just kind of ended up on the cutting room floor, partially because of budget. And partially because the studio was was a little bit down on how downbeat, even for this series, how kind of downbeat this movie was. For a series that includes Charlton Heston blowing up the planet, this was the downbeat one. And I, I love mean, this too. We're gonna if, take. We're if gonna this take was a movie about around. slavery and they just had people beating like black yeah. people like this, this would be like the most horrific thing ever. Yeah. So and, and I love here. I love here also. They've got. They're just bringing them around, showing them yeah. stuff. Hey, look like, at this. Check this, this out. Yeah. Hey, look. <laughs> Here's a little, a little bit of flamethrower training. Yeah. Flamethrower hey. and banana training. What the hell is going on there? A <laughs> fire scarecrow, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm trying I mean, to think of... Like, this is like First Friday at Clemson. That's all that is. You know, throwing bananas at people and dodging flamethrowers. Thank you, sir, man. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Neural. Neutralizer. 
I mean, it's. The, I mean, and then this is. It's almost the set from Star Trek. It does. It's got no. Yeah, yeah. See in the dials, and and no, turns out to be, the thing, the thing. Yeah. That translates into the next movie. Yeah. In the next movie, we find out that no, in the you know society, the ape man society that evolves after this is a taboo thing for humans to say to apes. Because of this dark period in yeah. in human history. <laughs> Ape in human history. Yeah. I, I just yeah this I mean but but again I mean we're 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 poking holes in it but this is but this is you know again coming from Escape which was I mean Escape was for the most part a fairly light movie until you get kind of to the last twenty minutes or so. Yes. You know they're, yes. they're on the and all that. It this was movie fun. It was is, Star Trek Four yeah. basically. Right. This movie is heavy right from the start. Yeah, no. And it's, there's no real comic relief in here. I mean, you know, again, we're, we're, we're poking at it a little bit. But, you know, I mean, he comes in, he sees all the apes being, you know, tortured and beaten and conditioned to be not afraid of fire well, and, and all this. And it's like, this, I mean, this is pretty harsh stuff. After, after the end of, uh, you see, this is a scene I always remember from as a little kid, the, his body language and how he... His the like the precision where she goes. Here's a quote yeah. for you. Bip. And, and in the eyes, right? Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. He's he's like, and for you, yeah, yeah. He's. And we're and we're getting a good thing between the 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 primitive chimps and and uh, Milo Caesar. But here. the primitive chimps, even those primitive chimps, are like that 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 one basically thanked him. The one gave yeah. him a little like, yeah, thank you, and like, <laughs> and I mean. I mean, primitive. Chi- I mean, if these were normal chi- 1991, normal regular 1991 chimps, they're not. They wouldn't be doing some of the things that they're doing later with rifles and such. But I think after Escape, the audience really wanted to see the apes get some comeuppance. Yeah. Which is funny because I I like how it keeps tearing your your sympathies back and forth. You know. Right. Between. And again, with the good police work here, here's a picture of an ape, and here's a drawing of an ape. Do you recognize the resemblance? <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if I was sitting in that room, I'd be like, come on, you guys. You know? I mean, but he's like, oh, no, 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 okay. no, 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 yes, no, no, I, I mean, no. Now, now, here, we're recording this on Father's Day, so this goes out to all the geek dads. How many of us have not been in this position trying to get our kids to wash their hands? <laughs> like, no, the water first, not no. 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 <laughs> it's like, okay, fine. You're done. Just go move along. Let's yeah, go. And how many of us haven't, you know, and then used the flamethrower for training <laughs> afterwards? <laughs> I love, and I love not his that body. I have kids, I but... cheer. Look at it. There we go. <laughs> I, I, just. Uh, <laughs> he even gives him a little one minute, please. Bloomp. Yeah. Chump, chump, chump. <laughs> <laughs> the face on that trainer was pr- was yeah. priceless, too. I'm too old for this crap. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I- I'm also not sure, again, why you'd make the gorillas into waiters. But, well, they you know. seem to put... The gorillas seem to be dumber, or, or you know, they, they seem to be portrayed as... And that's another thing in the apes. The apes even have a little subdivision hierarchy. Yep. And um, and the gorillas seem to be less coordinated and seem to be learning less. They probably just get beaten more. 
You, you know the person who's making out really well in this whole ape management racket is the guy who sells the city all these green, red, and yellow jumpsuits. Exactly. Because you know <laughs> the guy they're who orchestrated the yeah. whole. Came up with the idea as apes as pets and then apes as slaves, just so he could sell. Just so he could have his make his jumpsuit fortune. Yep. Yep. <laughs> No, and again, this, yeah, this just, I mean, McDowell is just great in this. I mean, he carries this movie for the most part. Oh, yeah. And he doesn't have a whole lot of dialogue. And a lot of it's just, again, just this. His, his, his uh, you know, acting inside his makeup and uh, the body language. Attention. So it's just, I mean, I said, that's, that's the real strong part of this movie. And, you know, that's always, to me, been the strength of the Apes movies. You know, they're, they're, there's, there's some spectacle in them. You know, there's some, this is a little weird. Yes. Send them to the breeding annex with these these uh, chimps. That's a little creepy. <laughs> Not gonna lie, you know. <laughs> a little little freaking me out. Uh, rewatching this, but uh, but you You're know, starting the, to uh, think maybe this isn't so bad. <laughs> hey, <Maybe. laughs> the gorillas are all about it, you know. Oh but, yeah, well they're gorillas, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hello. Hi. <laughs> I mean, it's good. It's it's great working the mask and all that, yeah. but it's just weird. It's just yeah. weird that like, is I guess all the other apes are as intel. You know, I mean, that's that's one thing they in Rise that they they decided they were gonna, you know, explain was how, you know, other apes. Yeah. Began talking talking down the line. Yeah, well, at least became you know intelligent. But uh, well, here we go. That this scene <laughs> straight from uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. I like that, huh? That means <laughs> yeah. just don't tur- turn off that part of the brain right now. <laughs> That's the sound of the brain turning off. Huh. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> what else can you say with that? You know, yeah. but again, this this the you know here we're uh, if if on all the apes films, if you think about the details too hard. Yeah, the cracks start to show, and the the idea is that it's it's con it's high concept, you know. It it's Rod Serling, you know, did the treatment on the first film, and it's like a big Twilight Zone episode. Mm-hmm. The details they all you know, are really start kinda. to show the cracks of it. But that, I mean, it was also a pretty much this was you know silent running and. Oh, Billy Jack. Every movie yeah. it had to end with a downer. Even if somebody yeah. won, they would die, or they'd get hauled off to jail, or the world would blow up. Yeah. The 70s were a very pessimistic yes. movie time. They loved they loved satanic cults and yep. and the you know the world ending in some horrible way, or somebody doing something completely noble and then the horrible world takes their life, like an escape from the Planet of the Apes. Not yeah, that they were much. doing anything completely noble, but they were good apes. I liked them. Now I'm wondering they're opening the bidding here at eight hundred dollars. Is that Adjusted for infl- inflation, or is that you know supposed to be nineteen seventy seventy three dollars? You know that's I not know. bad. Not no, bad I could save up for an ape in those days. Yeah. Well, you know that I'm, I'm assuming that how many uh, apes you had as servants was like the status symbol. You know, mm-hmm. like instead of the the yeah, paid like off slavery. 
Yeah, pretty much. You know, instead of having a fancy car, it's like, well, I've got, you know, six apes running my house. You know, it's like the, my, my bill for bananas is through the roof. But other than that, you know, we're right. Well, it's strange because you think if they were going to, if they were going to, and once again, here we go, here I go thinking about it too much. Yeah. If you're going to enslave the apes, why not put them to work, like, in the fields, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or in the factories or something. Factories. You know? It's just because factories are expensive to shoot in. And, and Century City, yes. California, evidently is not. And by this time, maybe everything's mechanized. Maybe they... Yes. But I like how you can sort of, like, there was a nice shot through that door there where you could sort of see the city in the background. Yeah. They're, they're making do with... Imitation plant. I love it's all. I love looking at all the '70s decor around the '70s yeah. futuristic decor. Yeah, like the seats there on the on the right hand side, the, the little bucket seats. And I bet you at the time there's uh, we're at the wrong angle, but there's a sculpture on what there it is. Yep. That sort of the the those sort of textured layered sculptures like that. They're all over in office buildings now, but I bet <laughs> it was super new and futuristic then. Yeah. Yep. And the, the little uh, Art Deco couch back there as well. Mm-hmm. That lamp would go for a pretty penny back there. On, <laughs> let me tell you. And it got to love there's an ashtray because, again, it's the 70s. That's I mean, I mean, movies like this are an eBay hound's mm-hmm. dream because it's just everything. Everything there is just like some hipster wants to pay a lot of money for. As a matter yeah. of fact, see that? See that? Um, um, spritzer he's got there. Oh, yeah, there's yeah. one of those. There's one of those exactly like that in our house, mm-hmm. which I've never used before. Uh, yeah, apes drink doubles all the time. That's what it's doing. <laughs> so, but the, you know, again, this is this is again this is an interesting performance from McDowell because he's playing Caesar, playing a primitive ape, playing dumb. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, there was a little mention uh, a little while back about the automated uh, sanitation plant. I'm a I, is that is that the plant they're in 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 battle or no? I guess they're in the they're in the uh, the the they're in the catacombs of the yeah. city, aren't? They? Yeah, they just shot it underneath a power plant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, battle is definitely where it goes in. It's like outdoor backlots, like everybody's living camping style. <laughs> Ape management, absolutely love it. I mean, anybody paying attention to him would notice that he's listening. His yeah. body language so gives away that he's. And oh, by the way, this is a pretty uh, well well played um, performance by Ray Manzarek of uh, the doors back there. He's off screen. Meanwhile, we're going to set a good example and recondition this little fellow ourselves. We haven't named him. We haven't named him. Yeah, this is this is great. Yeah, this is great. You know, because because it it tells you where he where he's at, where where our where Caesar is at psychologically, given the opportunity to to pick the name, and this is what he goes for because he does because obviously he does it deliberately. Clearly, well, you know, I just this just struck me. What if we think of this movie not as an accurate descript uh, accurate depiction? of the apes timeline but rather as the story of caesar that's been passed down yeah you know and and how he came to be because that that would i mean i'm sure they didn't put that much thought into it but that would uh that would be a good retcon yeah 
because that would explain why you know the the governor is such a such a caricature right and all the humans except for you know the most noble of humans are are such shits yeah yeah the other the other thing is you know that what's interesting is that i've had that thought about the story that cornelius and zira tell in escape about you know aldo was the ape who stood up and said no and it's like well is that just the story that's been handed through history because you know originally it was aldo's uh, supporters who wrote history mm-hmm. you know right. rather than caesar's supporters who wrote history mm. so it's you know it is there's all these questions again of timeline and you know what uh, the there you go i love the black armband <laughs> i don't know why but uh, they're mourning something but they're not sure uh, but the, you know, it's all the questions of the timeline and, you know, did, did going back change the timeline? Did it, is it all one that circles itself? Because I, I do know that the, originally when this one was written and I, and I don't have the, the credits here in front of me, but the screenwriter said that what he did was he went and he watched all of them and he made sure that they could fit and that this could be the last one and that this could be the one that would circle them all together and it would make, you know, make sense from a continuity standpoint. And then, of course, they made one after this, and then the TV show, and and things got even more muddy, you know. Well, so far the the battle seems to be more on a parallel to um, beneath, where they're like, we really gotta come up with a, another story. Let's let's patch some of this together. But I'm enjoying it because oh, yeah. it's ape foo, you know. There's and it's <laughs> and, and I'm very surprised that you picked this one. To be on when the other one when Battles got Paul Williams in it. Yes, yes, I know. I didn't I know. know that till I started watching it. <laughs> I always thought that that was just a joke that he showed up on a TV show, <laughs> ape makeup that they're like, oh, let's put Paul Williams in makeup, ape makeup. It's it seems plausible to me just because it was such a a, a, a you know pop culture thing back then. But nope, he made a great ape too. Yeah. Well, not a great ape, but he made a really good, a fine well, he ape. Was a, he, was a, he was a great ape. He was, was he a great ape? Yeah, yeah, well, you're they're, right. They're, yeah, because there's the greater apes are the I know the uh, chimps, orangutans, and gorillas, and the lesser apes are like your gebbins and your mandrills and baboons. Yeah. And more, okay. more great scenery chewing here from uh, Montalban. What does it say? You can go. <laughs> Just until... Yeah, this uh, th- th- these scenes are odd because you know after they separate in the uh, in the cat in the catacombs, we obviously never see Armando and Caesar interact again. Yeah, and it's you all think the it was like they had only two days with Montalban or something. Yeah, I really think it is that they just shot all his stuff because you know he only interacts with the in, in pretty much the same sets. You know, he's wearing the same costume the entire time. You know, so I really think they yeah. got him in for a couple of days. One day probably shooting outside, one day shooting inside, and that was it, you know. And here's another Star Trekky thing. Yes, the authenticator. Kolb <laughs> <laughs> is, is great. I, I love that they bring him back because he is such a sleaze bag in this yeah. movie. And, you know, even more so than the governor. I mean, look at him. What a what an yeah. asshole. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> Well, the governor's at least getting some. This guy has a look of, like, going home miserable and drinking himself to sleep every night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, again, here, more, you know, that these, uh, 
even with these scenes with with Ricardo Montalban, there's no real comic relief here. I mean, everybody likes Ricardo Montalban. You know, even even when he's playing Khan, everybody likes him. And these guys are are essentially you know torturing him. Yeah. And then they're hooking him up to a strange machine that may or may not be the you know the Van Gelder device. And you know, and and then as we'll see shortly, things go downhill fast for him. You know. Yeah. So there's not there's there's not even even in like but even in beneath you had some comic relief with Cornelius and Zira, you know, in their domestic life. Here you get none of that. Security's you know? oh, just oh, one oh, Maytag oh. repairman here, and the real cheap falling to your death yeah. shot. Wow! Everybody loves everybody loves a good defenestration. <laughs> you see. It's funny because I was like, why has Montalbaum got no spirit in this? And I'm like, he's got to play the meek guy to them because he, whatever he does, he can't let them know who Caesar is. Although by jumping out of the window, I think they could pretty much assume yeah. that he's covering <laughs> up for something at that point. Two and two together at that point. But yeah, here's but here's the breaking point in his revolutionary... <laughs> yeah. Life. And this, How he and has this is no ties. Did this, this, that, the whole scene then of Montalban going out the window, and then this scene here. Again, you can see it as as how you would do this in a comic. You can yes. see the progression pulling in on him, and then cutting to the the other reverse angle here to see the poster. You know all this again. It's and and in a lot of ways, I think it's deliberate because this film, and then especially Battle. Were aimed, I think, at at a you know, I'm not going to say a younger audience necessarily, but certainly a less discriminating one. It was broader, you know. That this is definitely a very straightforward action story. Like you said, they could have gone in a lot of ways as far as a deep allegory and more. Look at this, more good acting from. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's melodramatic, but it's still good. You got to overact a little bit. Well, that's the thing it. you have to be melodramatic in the in the monkey suit, and I, yeah. I want the melodrama. Come on. Yeah, I, I want them to. Yeah, I, I mean, subtlety is good, but everything can't be subtle in an ape's movie. It's no, gotta be. A, you gotta, you gotta do it a little bit here in the. And I love this. I'm just gonna nod, and everyone will do what I say. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but um, I think these are these are great movies. For not well, I loved them as little little kids, but I think they're great starter movies for allegory and now, for who hasn't wanted to do that irony. Yes, up. who hasn't wanted just to dump that crap on the floor? <laughs> yeah, oh, no, I I agree. I mean, the, as far as like a starter idea for for you know science fiction as more than just uh, like uh, Flash Gordon type. Yes, you no know, adventure for something that's allegorical. Yeah, they, these are it's a good, good place for to a start kid. because. Yeah, because it's. I mean, because I mean, again, the, the makeup is is enjoyable. They're 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 fairly broad. You know, it's not. You know, it's a planet where he, I love this cleaver. <laughs> what did he steal this from? <laughs> he carried it like an axe. What that slung over right? his shoulder. It's like, oh yes. <laughs> it's it's like it's like ape antique roadshow down here. You know. <laughs> yeah, and there's, there's the captain. He's looking for Tennille. A good, good, interesting line here. Also, let's see. After uh, when he's gonna with the cigarettes? I think it's here. Maybe, maybe we missed it. Yeah, I think we missed it. Where they talk about? Oh, now that I know these things aren't deadly, there's no, they're no fun to smoke them anymore. Oh, that's right. 
Yeah, it's like, this is a weird place that they live in. You know, the tobacco is, is safe now. But They're e-cigarettes. Yeah, they're all e-cigs. That's, there you go. We're forward looking. T-strainer. No. no. <laughs> you see, but these, I, but I mean, these apes are just like, these apes are brilliant. Yeah. Well, you know, but, but again, they, they, they do say that they've been, they talk about they've how been, easy they are to train. They've been yeah. conditioned. And so Caesar can explain, you know, get me things that are sharp, you know? This is, maybe this was the, um, the seed of an idea for, um, Fight Club. <laughs> this whole sequence reminds me strongly of Fight Club, of the apes conspiring underground and just sort of subverting things. The first rule of Ape Club is do not talk you, about Ape Club. You don't talk because, about Ape Club. Yeah, because apes don't you can't talk. talk. Yeah, no that, grunting about <laughs> Ape Club. And I, and I love the 70s computers here mm -hmm. with all the lights because that, you know, uh, the only thing it's missing is having keyboards on the wall because then you know it's the future. The easiest thing for human humans to read are a bunch of flashing lights at, uh, with random patterns and to interpret it as something. <laughs> but uh, but uh, you know even the the scenes of the the little montage there and, and it's you know here of them pulling all this stuff together again totally can see how you do this in a comic and just having the little scenes and with little bits of narration you know so it's I, I mean it, it's very straightforwardly put together very straightforwardly shot but it really serves a story you know I've always said that while the apes films have some amount of spectacle in them the story is what drives them, mm -hmm. you know so I've I've never had a problem. Uh, like Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is coming out, I think, next month. I'm very interested in seeing it, but I'll gladly wait to watch that one at home because I don't feel that I'm missing much by not experiencing that one in the theater compared to, say, you know, Godzilla, which seeing it in the theater, the spectacle was important. The story has always been crucial, and that's what we get here with Conquest, a very kind of straightforward story. And like I said, kind of the, the, the crucial point in the Apes timeline but it's very, you know, it, it's 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 not, you know, it doesn't have a lot of subplots and everything. But everything is constructed very tightly, and this move film moves along very very quickly. Well, I thought they all, yeah, they all do. I thought that last scene was introducing a subplot with the one ape sort of standing in the foreground, watching him with the gun, thinking, yeah. oh, maybe this ape's gonna rat him out or something. But it goes nowhere. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Remember that? Well, that, that's uh, well, that's Lisa, isn't it? Who was watching him in yeah. the foreground? Well, yeah, I mean, Lisa, I mean, she kind of disagrees with this. And that's, well, in, in this cut of it, that doesn't really play in as much. Mm. But Lisa's disagreement, that, that's more important in the theatrical cut in the ending. Here's your orangutan suits again. There are no chimpanzees in Borneo. They're not quite as fake as the, the ape suits, the real ape suits from the last movie. Yeah. Yeah, that one That one was like uh, from like a, a Three Stooges movie, you yeah. know. Although I still, my favorite uh, full ape suit still is the steam bath in, uh, in Benita. <laughs> I mean, can you get more 70s than two apes in a, in a steam sauna? Just, of you all know? the apes, it had to be Dr. Zayas. Come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, look at that. I'm willing to have him executed. <laughs> and again, see, you're getting a lot of... Five times. Yeah. And they're getting a lot of use out of these sets, you know, <laughs> just a just a dressed room here. But you shoot multiple scenes. In. This is, I think, the the third or fourth scene we've shot in here, you know. 
uh, again, again, f- again, following that kind of TV or uh, TV movie ideal yeah. of use, using your standing sets to the best of your advantage. And again, here's another one. This is the third or fourth scene that we've shot here in Ape Control. And and again, we're getting our money's worth out of it because the set everything looks happens good. in the same sets, pretty much. Right. Yeah, it's either it's either outside or in one of like three sets. Yeah. And and again, I'm not. That's not a complaint. I mean, using your budget in that way and and using the economy that you have, that's smart filmmaking. And again, it's 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 you don't need to have a new different set every different scene. You know, I call that like the Tim Burton effect, where everything's got to look different every scene, even though sometimes it doesn't make any damn sense. You know, See, like I'm... Batman Returns. Whereas here, using these sets over and over, yeah, it it does make it look slightly low rent, but. It's a fairly low rent time of the of the ape timeline if you look at like you know the city and all that. So it it, it works in the story. I mean, the, the thoughts crossed my head of like, okay, they're saving some budget on that. But that's me, Mister Cynical Adult. When I was a kid, didn't not, none of that. I was just like, no, I'm not seeing enough sets. Yeah, it's it, these movies almost. And I'm and I'm very glad they're not as dumb as I remembered them to be and they have the reputation to be but i can just watch them just out of the sheer visual appeal of people in ape suits yeah you know undergoing a story where they fight humans or there's you know or whatever that whatever's going on between the apes and the humans at the time it's always just appealing to me it's the it's that makeup and it's roddy mcdowell just and i'm glad that they at least i i i I should do some research. I'd love to go and find movie reviews when these movies came out. I'm sure when Planet of the Apes came out, they were like, this is a great, you know, expanded. You know, they were probably pretty positive. I'm sure Beneath, they were horrible. But I'd love to see what the reviews for Escape and Conquest were. Yeah. Because a lot of times, stuff like this, when it comes out fresh, it probably got just raked through the coals. They're like, well, they're... Dragging the Planet of the Apes thing, you right. know, it's mildly entertaining, but it's just it's it's getting a little long in the tooth or whatever. And then I don't know if over the course of the years it's they like especially conquest and battle if they've um, built a reputation yeah. of being better than you know than when they I, came I, out. I think conquest has to a degree because I've seen a lot of modern reviews. Uh, that that put conquest over sometimes as the best of the sequels or really? right up there with escape. I mean, I've seen a few of them. Battle not so much, but yeah. you know, I think conquest has been reevaluated a bit by the modern audience for the same reasons we've been talking about because it's McDowell given a chance to really be the star. You know, he was the star in Escape, but Cornelius is is a character that's not as dynamic as Caesar. Yes. And and Caesar is a more to me anyway a more interesting character. I think a lot of modern reviewers can relate to that because you know this story is is more about more in line with what we're expecting from an ape's film with the ape uprising and uh, but again but even here look at all these shots even in close-up obviously mcdowell got the hero makeup but the makeup still holds up it's not as you know it, it still moves well it's, it's not stiff it, you know the the there's no seams showing this is a really good makeup job on this really really small budget i think about 1.7 million dollars and even even collecting for inflation that is not a lot of money for a science fiction film with costumes and all that you know costumes and makeup 
So, just, I mean, like I said, I think Conquest has been reevaluated a bit. But, again, it, it couldn't have been too much, because I didn't know the movie existed until about uh, 1999 or so. So, what do, you know, it, I guess it's, it's, it's all relative at this point. I, I think you're right. A lot of people think that the old Planet of the Apes are just silly, you know, and part of that is, you know, the makeup is so iconic that it, it, you see it and you automatically know that it's the old school Planet of the Apes, you know? Well, I think there was also a lot of play. Now, the, the original television show didn't last long. And neither did um, <clears throat> the cartoon show. And they were both very cheesy. And then they took the television show, and I think they hashed together three movies out of it. Yep, yeah, something like that. that are pretty, I mean, you take the television show, and then you start hacking and slashing it, and it gets really bad. And I'll bet you those, well, those were really cheap to make, and, I, and I'm sure they made them. They weren't made for theatrical release. They were made Not they were direct country, anyway. TV. Yeah. So I love were... the lighting here. I don't even interrupt you. With all this, all this lighting. Yeah. When they're running around outside, this, this, I mean, this doesn't look like it's hardly lit at all, except for the lighting that's already there, the exterior lighting. No, this reminds me of like some of the Italian films we've been watching for the vault. Yeah. I mean, look at the, you know, the the depth there with the, the one guard in the background, and now the the other one, and the light, the shadow. Yep. This, I mean, look at this. I mean, th- this is moody stuff. I mean, we get a little bit of this in Escape when they're running around uh, when they made their escape appropriately, but here again, it just it just feeds on this this mood of this just really kind of heavy, not you know, dark mood that this film has, you know, and and things are continually just getting worse and worse for for our heroes, both for Caesar and for Armand, you know. There's a nice blue filter. I'm just surprised that Caesar isn't tearing people's arms off by this point. Yeah. And we, yeah. we don't even have jackbooted thugs in this total. They're just they're just Joe Average, you know, milkman outfit cops. <laughs> they, they, they did. They all look like middle-aged Maytag repairmen. Maytag repairmen, yeah. The neural neutralizer does not seem to do much to him. It no. seems to be just a torture machine. It doesn't seem to actually re- reprogram very well. <laughs> I mean, that set, I mean, that's no. almost exactly the Star Trek set. It's just, yeah. it's bizarre. And I love all the, the buttons and switches here. You know, I love it. That's all pneumatics, I'm sure. <laughs> all I can say is comparing this scene of torturing somebody on a table to the similar scene with Yvette Minot in the black hole, at least Roddy McDowell doesn't have aluminum foil on his head. That's so. true. <laughs> <laughs> Thus fulfilling my contractual obligation to talk about the black hole on every Two True Freaks show I'm on. <laughs> but look at this. I mean, he's just arching out there, and he's got the eyeballs crossed, you know. And and Kolb is loving it. I mean, look at him. I mean, again, this is this yeah, is Kolb's harsh stuff. For this. Yeah. The governor seems to be getting a bit of enjoyment out of it too. Yeah. But again, it, it, like you say, everybody but McDonald's an ass. Yeah. Yeah. But again, it, it just it just builds on that whole thing. It's like, okay, we we haven't been cruel enough to our hero, and we're not. You guys aren't. You in the audience, you're not already on his side enough because he's the hero talking ape. And now we're gonna we're gonna you know torture him with uh, like electroshock here. 
Well, there seems to be some kind of, like, human disturbance in these times. You know, um, uh, there was the announcements at the beginning saying the labor demonstration, you know, is going to be ended in a few minutes and, you know, be told to disperse and, and all that. So I wonder why there isn't a human, you know, free the apes movement, you know? Yeah. Very much like I mean, the chimpanzees in, in um, not escape, but beneath. Yeah, well, as I was saying, then the, the um, uh, Zira, is, it's Zira's nephew, the, who claims to be from the Anti-Vivisection League. That's right, that's right. I'm, I'm sure their monthly meetings are a hoot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've been in a lot of power plants for work. They, they're not usually labeled that way. But <laughs> yeah, this is this is quite a. He is wired for electrocution, isn't he? Oh yes. Well then, electrocute him now! Electrocute him now! No, wait till you get home. <laughs> Again for Bill Robinson. I mean, yeah. Let's turn that off. Yeah. Oh, shock table. There we go. <laughs> just, just the shock table. Yeah. I like how he figures out something's going wrong and yeah, fakes his own death. Yeah. He practices the Arashikage Ninja Clan technique of slowing his breathing down <laughs> so much. I like but this again, guy. He, I, He's dead. I've seen enough dead apes. He's dead. <laughs> seen one dead ape. You've seen them all. I'm just going to go stand here in the corner with my back to him for a while. <laughs> I mean, what job would you have to do after this? Okay, you, okay you've okay, you unplugged your electrocution machine. Time to go home. Yeah, maybe, maybe drag him down to the uh, incinerator. Is it over? I love the uh, Kolb's uh, checkered coat here again, the 70s. I, I mean, the, just the three of them there paint the perfect... It could be an episode of the Mod Squad or something. Yep. Now I gotta make sure all these buttons are tight. <laughs> Don't want any of them coming loose when we're when we're torturing apes. Well, you know, you gotta clean your work area. That's on every work plan for every job task. And look at this. This is so <laughs> Star Trek. <laughs> look at the, the way the camera moves, the karate yep. chop, everything. <laughs> No shoulder roll, but... Well, you know, and again, like Star Trek, you know, the apes are essentially wearing pajamas, so, you know. Gene Roddenberry's vision of the future was flying through space in, in jammies. That's true. And, then, and again, with the, with the exterior lighting, I love it. Just using what you have, you know? We, we talk about this on the vault all the time. Sometimes if you can do something simply, and you don't have, you know, don't have the money to do something elaborate... Use what you have. Use what's available to you. Figure out some way to, to, to make it, you know, evocative. Well, there's all sorts of... I mean, and they do. They, they To make this visual... I mean, you've got two different sets of apes in two different colors. Yeah. It's just, it's just great. And here's also another thing where you can tell budgets go down when you start seeing zooms. Yeah. Zooms are usually a... <laughs> Uh, here we go. This is here we go. I said every Saturday night in downtown Clemson, a bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! 
Tigers. We have a thing called the East Avenue Fest that's like this. It's just a million, uh, what do they call them? White, sh- white hats, you know, the <laughs> the bros with their white hats come yeah. out to dra- hit the $5 beers. Yeah, they, no, nobody's wearing enough orange for this to really be like downtown Clemson. <laughs> right. You know, nobody's going, go Tigers! I mean, look at that. Oh, man. I mean, th- this film got the only film in the series that was PG for violence. Look at this. I mean, this puts the battle in beneath to shame. Yeah. And this is just hand-to-hand combat here. Ooh. I mean, look at this. I mean, this, and this is, but again, this is great. I love this. This, I this, mean, was I what, this the, is what you paid your admission for. Yeah, you paid your money. I can imagine the kids in the theater going, going ape. Yes. If you prefer going bananas for this scene. You know, just just apes going crazy here. Well, do you remember the movie Greystoke? The yes. Legend of Tarzan. I saw yes, that I theater, and I went the same day that it must have been a field trip for um, I, pro- learning disabled kids. They were uh-huh. in their early teens, and uh, there was a scene where the apes flipped out, where his ape family flipped out, and the whole theater went nuts and i imagine it was a similar you know uh, i mean these were special needs kids during greystoke but this uh, these are these are planet of the apes apes (laughs) yeah if i saw this at a theater i I, hell i'm restraining myself right now yeah i mean this and and this and this goes on for a while here you know they they really i mean i mean look at this the core even even though they're just kind of I don't know if this was choreographed or just Luce said, you guys go and, and wreck oh, up the place. I'm sure you know? it was choreographed to an extent because you can tell there's so many stuntmen involved. Oh, yeah. In movie, like there so. with the bull whip a minute ago. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It, but again, I mean, just, just running club, running club here. And again, making good use of your money. I mean, the apes, because of the, the bright colors on the, uh, on the ape suits and stuff, I think it draws your eye away a little bit from the masks. Yes. So you don't see him as much, and then then they keep the like camera in, moving too. Exactly, yeah. Everybody's moving around. It's not like in beneath where you know they got the big council and everybody's sitting there for you to look at. Yeah, Here, everybody's bouncing up this and is, down. You want to talk about something that's a comic book action sequence? I mean, they did an, I know they did an adaption of Conquest in the Marvel Planet uh, the Apes magazine. I've never read it, but I can imagine this is probably great. Oh, this is the best part, yeah. A little fire will show him who's boss. <laughs> A little fire scarecrow. <laughs> but this was also a. Look at this guy! I mean, this guy's on fire for a good thirty seconds well, here. That's a great bit of stunt work. Well, you know what they would do with those scenes in these days? For some reason, I was always fascinated because those those were a seventies mainstay. A guy yeah. guy in an asbestos suit doing the slow motion walk till he. And this one is where they started really learning the lesson: where you film it, you get three or four cameras going. Yeah, and then you can keep sides. cutting it together from a slightly yeah. different angle, and with the cameras moving, it looks like the person's burning for a lot longer, because yeah. you can't burn for very long in those yeah. before you know. Yeah. And and whenever I see that, I always picture all the people running in with fire extinguishers after yeah, yeah, yeah. putting them out. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing, just a little detail here in these scenes of all the of the ape revolt, I love their casualties on both sides being shown. You know, it's yes. a little subtle thing, but it shows you that, yeah, it it it, it sells the the uh, the realism, quote unquote, of it. You know, 
that they've got you know it's not just the humans getting uh, overrun but the the apes are you know taking losses too it's a really uh it's riots in the streets you know Yeah, and you really get the the impression that the citizenry is all really well. You don't see any poor people. No, nope. they're all like really well-off softies. I love this newscaster, so confident, and then it just all goes downhill. It's like this is why you get briefed on what you're being handed. <laughs> I also love the term here, the ape mob, which brings up. <laughs> now that could be another one, like. Like yes, the ape axis, it could be like the Godfather with with apes. <laughs> oh, oh, I know you loved me. You always loved me, Fredo. You know? the, the, the only the, the only thing they didn't do it was the only thing I think they should have done with the TV is done the old cliche of where all of a sudden he goes, yeah. and oh my God, the apes! They've broken into the station, and you just see few few Stab. ape hands come around, and then that would have been yeah. That that is a missed opportunity. I love it. Gapes understand gas. That's a, not a good thing. <laughs> it is for this movie, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's what I'm hoping for this new one. I'm hoping there's a good amount of. Uh, now, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure the new movie will be. I'm pretty con- not confident, but I'm pretty much hoping that it's going to be like the last one, which was strong on story too. You know, it yeah. was, it was yep. pretty much all story. <laughs> And I, and this one, they're making it look like an action movie, but they always do that. I bet you there's going to be a few set pieces, but I bet you it's mostly going to be a drama. Yeah, kind of looking sure. forward to that. As long as there's some, and you know there is some, because I've seen them running around with their their guns. So, oh my god, I'm so looking forward to it. Well, that's kind of like the way this movie is. You know, Conquest is is usually say, oh, this this is the one with the big action scenes, and it's like, yeah. It does the last sort of. half hour or so, but you know, a lot of this is again the story. It's it's Caesar being this idealistic young guy who's grown up with humans, has no reason to to fear them, and then he gets dumped in the big city and it's it's having his eyes opened. And and things like I said escalating rapidly into uh, a firestorm. Yeah. Well, he gets thrown not, not into to the belly of the beast excited. and gets positioned in the perfect position yeah. where he can hear what's up and yeah, and we get this guy who's the son. They, they, because you know, in Escape, they say it over and over. We're intellectuals. We're intellectuals. You know, and and I always thought it was. It's it's really crazy that Caesar is. It seems just as smart as his dad and his mom, but that militant streak in him runs so strong from well, his experiences here. Well, Cornelius, Cornelius never, never had. had. They had conflict. Yeah, but they never had. They never had this. This abuse. kind of being yeah. outcast. You know. And it's so it's it burns in him so quickly, and it because it because it outrages him when he first sees it with Armando. But then, like I said, the the he, he turns into this firebrand so quickly is his the die is cast very very soon after you know, and it's the effects are very immediate, and that's what I think gives us the, this the second half of this film a lot of a lot of gravitas. You know, it's not just apes going ape, which is which in and of itself is cool. But it's it's the the overthrowing of the this you know horrible uh, society that has grown up in the last eighteen years of uh, movie time since the end of Escape. You know the the government in Escape was fairly reasonable. No, you know yeah. they're, they're you know they 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 said that no the the no. Cornelius and Zira don't need to be killed, no. but you know we don't want Zero. them reproducing because yeah. Whereas here 
I mean, we're, any any pretense of uh, you know reasonable uh, response is gone. It's yeah. completely gone <laughs> before yeah. the credits even roll. Oh no, there's no dealing with the governor and his people. They're they're just yeah, they're stereotypes really. <laughs> and he, I love our police in our Nazi stormtrooper hey. uniforms with the face mask, just like today. Fire. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty. That's some pretty hardcore. You can only get away with that because that was an ape face. <laughs> yes. Ladies and yeah, that we shot a, some defenseless apes. We're awesome. That was a little Sam Peckham. You can see him. He's just he's just infuriated that they that they laughed. Look at him. He's he's yeah. crazed. Well, you know this is uh, what, what, what was this? 1972. Yeah. So again, we're getting into uh, we're getting into the 70s. The this added this uh, attitude towards violence and gun violence and the unblinking eye you know we're getting into dirty harry and magnum force not too far from here you mentioned sam peckinpah again doing it in a a, a science fiction film about talking apes you know at, at the time yeah you wouldn't question you wouldn't even question that and here we go even worse yeah see he's he's chuffing he's, he's mad yeah, yeah. And again here you go you got a group of stuntmen wearing jumpsuits and ape masks and it looks it mean it really sells the look that this is an actual ape riot Fire. You know, ape's favorite weapon is the net, the net. We saw <laughs> <laughs> our net technology is light years beyond yours <laughs> and you know who had to have a lot of fun with this is probably the ADR guy going in putting in all these these uh, oots and hoots and hollers yeah. you know <laughs> there's a lot of uh there was a lot of like in the beginning when they had the crowd scene in the the public square that you would hear a lot of um side conversations and i think that the the cancerless cigarettes <laughs> yeah i think it was just a little throwaway yeah And uh, you know that this is imagery that never goes out of fashion. The police in the riot gear against the the underdog mob. It doesn't matter what your narrative is. You know that imagery will always be. You know, always sell uh, the story of you know the the oppressive government and you know the the underdogs rising up. This this reminds me a little bit of uh, Escape from New York. Yeah, with the with the wall of cops there. And, yeah, the end of Escape from New York coming across the bridge. Now there you go, another sequel idea. After this, all the apes are trapped in Manhattan Island to make their own society. <laughs> called, uh, they already did Ape York. Already, Escape from Ape York. <laughs> 1997. No. Kill them. Kill them. Ready? <laughs> And I tell you what, they're holding in there with trying to yell no at them and making them stop. I know. <laughs> that's, that's very, very reasonable of this totalitarian govern yeah. government, especially since they've got the order to just shoot to kill. The, 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 the Maytag repairmen totalitarian cops are still, still kind of reasonable. Yeah. They hadn't anticipated the use of pepper spray in this movie, though. No. Now, or you know, beanbag bullets. Oh, yeah, you know. yeah. I was just gonna say rubber bullets and beanbags and stuff. Or what about banana cannons? Banana cannons. <laughs> Shoot some bananas in the middle of them and let them fight, 
fight each other. <laughs> oh. Uh, and <laughs> I like how he just like backs up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Ooga yeah. chaka. Ooga chaka. Fire! Yeah, fire. Fire. There's the fire. <laughs> so there's a, and now here with, I with all this. I was expecting it to engulf all the cops. That's what I was yeah. sort of hoping they were doing. Now there's a there's a gorillas in the mist joke waiting to be made here, but I'm not sure exactly what it is, so I'm gonna hold off here. <laughs> that or you know, Donkey Kong is back and he's pissed. Grill warfare. <laughs> yeah, it just it just never ends. You know, I, I sometimes suspect they made five of these movies just for the puns, you know? Because <laughs> I, I love a good pun, and you know we've been we've been punning it up here this month. But again, look at I mean, again, no, again in 1973, no surprise that this drew a PG-13 for violence. You know, just wailing on the cops like that. You know, f firing into a crowd, even if it is a crowd of simians. Well, PG, they couldn't. PG-13 wasn't until like. PG, yeah, I mean, in, in 1973, PG. It, you know, I mean, you could you could get away with some stuff in PG because yeah. there was no PG-13. That's right. So it's not surprising. I mean, a lot of these these films were, were G, because G didn't mean what then what it means now. You know. Yeah. So that that that, that the the MPAA wanted this classified for its violent content. I mean, I mean, I mean, we're we're uh, you know, I mean, we've been in this riot here for a good 15 minutes at this point. And it's just, I mean, knives and clubs. Well, I like that. I like that. Yeah. And in and, and, and low-budget movies as a kid, usually it was all it was all hey. sizzle and no steak. This has got some, this is all steak, man. When yeah. they, oh, no. they deliver mean, the goods, I uh, went. I'm not, I'm not complaining. I mean, they, they promised, see the April Volt, and they delivered on yeah. that. And, it, and that's, again, you've got a, a, a very straightforward story, but not a, it's a good story that carries this film. You've got a hell of a performance from the lead, and then you've got a very well put together final act here of what could have just been repetitive, but they they make enough little sets pieces out of it. Of yeah. Them coming to an ambush. Way. I love or, that. Or uh, yeah, or or them you know uh, being you know here like uh, overtaking them and you know they, they're firing the gas and stuff. So it it keeps it fresh, even though it goes on for almost half an hour. Now, if I were the governor, though. And I was a paranoid totalitarian governor. I would have removed all the apes from Ape Central at that time. Yeah. All they're doing is delivering messages and stuff too. I would have I would have definitely gotten them out of the the command hub. <laughs> <laughs> My God, there's more. That's it's a like total both. comic book line. Yeah. Dear God. Just like when they had the they they flanked them from the rear, you could see that as a panel, you know, it was like mm -hmm. the surge of apes crashes forward or whatever, you know, the narrator box says. I mean, we got butcher knives in here, cleavers. That that big cleaver never made its return though. The Chekhov's I no. was hoping it would be a Chekhov's cleaver, but no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this ah, is why they have to yes. put on the guns. Just in case an April Volt breaks out. Ah yes, let's let's uh, kick this up a, a notch. I'm, I am glad the editor cut out the five-minute scene of uh, Caesar having to load all those guns. <laughs> <laughs> that would have brought the film to a crawl. Show all the but... other apes how to do it. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. I think yeah. 
That was a nice little splash of blood. I mean, this whole thing of them choking the guys through the windows and stuff. They didn't have to have that splash of blood. No, <laughs> There's but, a it, but it sells it. Yeah. And once more, a comic book thing, because you'd see that, you know, you could see the panel in mid-swing with the guy's head snapping yes. back. Yes, well, no, that that scene was definitely, like, when they got the Russians back in that, they were just like, oh, yeah, perfect. <laughs> what bookstore, apes? Yeah. Oh. I mean, I mean, I'm sure this is riveting commentary, but at this point in the film, I mean, it's, 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 I mean, it's just glorious. Of the, the, I mean, this is basically... You know, the battle from beneath, to me, compared to this, is tame. And that's got guns and stuff and everything else, whereas this is an ape riot. And, uh... Oh, there you go. Using the furniture to good effect. <laughs> the battle in Beneath is like everything in Beneath. Just kind of weird. Yeah. Like, this this really makes a lot more sense. This this is a logical... Oh, that, I love that. that. Just that 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 Felt up to dead. Yeah. Those are those are they were throwing real real stunt guys into the pile. Those yeah. are real bodies. The, the, you can see the guys sort of it's like Star Wars in the beginning when Vader tosses that guy. You yeah. can see him sort of like just reacting a little so it there it doesn't hurt as much while they're getting piled on. Apes with M16s. Yeah, we're boned. That's pretty much the message to take from that. <laughs> Very impressive that the well, I guess they could be, you know, I guess a gun a gun shop would sell an assault rifle in 1991. That makes sense. You see, I'm hoping now with modern technology, when this, when this part, however it plays out in the new movie, plays out, they, we see some, you know, we see when the apes wade into the crowd of humans. I mean, yeah. people should be flying. They should just be grabbing people by the arms and flinging them, and you know. If it came down to sheer physical battle with apes, it would be such a horrendous. Yeah. Qui Gon Jinn. The Gordikas, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we are not going to make it out of this alive. This is, uh. I, that guy who was cradling him there, look at him. He's just nonplussed, man. I would have been yeah. like, what the hell are you doing, man? That was two inches away from me. <laughs> I love that we, for that for that uh, shot, yeah, we're in a hammer movie with the bright red blood. Yeah. But, or that or the elevator scene from Earthquake, if you prefer, with the animated blood. Uh, <laughs> Here, that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Do you smell that ham cooking? Yeah, this guy, he, look at him, he is... Groveling cowards! Get this stulted slime out of my sight. And the world there, and it's said. Yes. It's articulated. Oh. Now, what do you think of the music in this one? I, I love the... I don't know if this is particularly one of the best scores, but I think it's, like, the craziest... I, I, yeah, that this, I mean, this isn't one I don't think I would put on to listen to. Right. But given the, given the, especially, I mean, look at that. The, the main, I, 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 I mean, mean, but given, given the, given the, the, uh, the events of this film and all the action, I think it, I think it suits the action well. It's one of those scores that it's, you, you, you hear it when you're watching the film, but then to think about it after, you got to really kind of, really kind of strain your head a little bit. 
Like, what was that theme? I kind of remember it a little bit, you know. Uh, I do. I do like that bit with uh, with Caesar using the conditioning of the apes to help order them around. I thought that was a, just yeah. a subtle bit. He tells them no and then go to the gorillas, and they, they do it because he's got them working, but they're not intelligent. You know, they're just conditioned to follow his lead. I thought that was just a little subtle bit. And another big scene from McDowell coming up right here. Yeah. Well, the governor and McDowell. But the, the, the score in this, like I said, it, 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 to me it's not, not that memorable. I mean, the main, the only real score that I really remember from the Planet of the Apes is the you know, kind of the main theme from the first one, like, uh, like was used on, on our promos, you know, the wah, wah. Yeah, yeah. Most, I mean, most of it, these are the, the score is, uh, to me, is, is more just a function of the film than, than something that stands on its own. Well, it's got that one fuzz guitar. That I use yeah. the I I I love that it's so seventies, but the, the that fuzz tone's very sixties. But it's just got that crazy, disjointed drum beat in the background of it. I I I wish the whole soundtrack had been been like that. I mean, that's that music is actually like sort of the audio version of this guy's acting. Now he's doing his whole face. He's quivering every muscle in his yeah. face. He's tensing every muscle in his neck. Yeah. <laughs> it's... yeah, look at him. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, I think they that when they made these, not only did they need Roddy McDowell, but they wanted a Heston. You know that. Yeah. Uh, you know a a Shatner, somebody who's hamming it up. I like that. Um, I, I would have predicted the governor to go more eventually, you know, at the at the very end to go pathetic, you know. Yeah, but Nike he he stays pretty pretty true to his yeah. uh, true to his character. I'll give him that. Go! Yeah, and the great just again hear McDowell's react or Roddy McDowell's reaction to the governor's uh, uh, basically blaming the apes for their condition. Just really good again, something that as Cornelius he never got the opportunity to do. It, ta it takes a lot of balls to blame the apes for their condition when they've when they're carrying you around in a mob. Yeah, and they've got weapons, machetes, <laughs> and you're sort of the one responsible for making their life a living hell. And th this, I mean, this this is, uh, I mean, look at them, I mean, all these bodies of these guys. I mean, you know, this this, this this is a film that, again, as a kid, you'd be like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And again, you can see this as a comic with the with the, the, the gore and everything else, you know, and it, you can, I mean, I anyway can really picture all these with just the ape mobs, just panels filled with the apes. Well, did you see that shot in the background where the ape was beating like a dummy, but he was beating the hell? Yeah. Of the, oh, 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 there it is. <laughs> Take that, <Yep>. dummy. <laughs> but it's funny, like, as an adult, I think about this and think, and when I was saying, oh, this is good training stuff for kids, and then I'm thinking, oh, this is too intense for... That's pretty intense. <laughs> yeah. This is too intense for kids. But then again, you're right. When, when I was See, a kid I watching part, this, it's just like, parts yeah! Of the, parts of this was cut from the theatrical. Uh, a little bit of this. I'm almost certain, because I know this this scene is obviously in there, but I just watched the theatrical one a couple of weeks ago. I don't remember there being quite this much gore. There is some. 
But this is part of what they cut a little bit, because we cut more to here with with McDonald uh, and and you know talking to Caesar before Caesar makes his speech. I do wonder what Natalie Trundy thought. He was like, hey, you got to show your face and be on screen in uh, the last one. Now we're going to cover you in uh, three hours worth of ape appliance. Hope you're cool with that. And you don't get to speak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think in those days, I don't know, even to today, if somebody told me something like that, I, I, I would jump at any chance to get put oh, yeah. in makeup. Oh my oh, yeah, god, that... it would be my happiest day of my life if I had real Planet of the Apes makeup on. Oh my god. Yeah. I wonder if you can buy, you know, we're we're in the day and age where prosthetics you could probably you could probably get I'm going to do a little research on that. Cuz all you really have to do is your head and your hands <laughs> have some fur sticking out of the cuff of your sleeves. I do love this conversation yes. between the two, because McDonald's the only one who's shown him any compassion. But Caesar's so far gone over over the edge here that he does nothing. McDonald would say that he'll listen to, mm -hmm. and his his absolute conviction in in his in his uh, in his cause, and the, the, of course this speech. <laughs> They're all going, what's he saying? <laughs> I, I, I got the part where he said no. <laughs> and I, I do like the, yeah, the mentioning your city lies under radioactive rubble, a nice callback. <laughs> He's such a can ham. Yeah. But again, th this is the type of thing that McDowell never got to really cut loose as yeah. Cornelius. Whereas here, I mean, this is, I mean, I, that, that's the reason why that scene is so well regarded among Apes fans. That speech and, and his, I mean, look at that glare. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is red, red smoke right across him. It's like, you, you can't look at this and say, oh, the, the Planet of the Apes movies, they're corny. It's like bull flop. Well, I mean, it's corny and the in the, I mean, the concept is, in but, a positive way. Yeah, but look, I mean, look at that. The the you know, watch that scene right there, and the way that McDowell. Don't tell me that McDowell is not treating this serious, you know, because he totally is, and it and it brings the movie up how serious he yes. takes his role. And you almost feel bad for the governor. Um. Almost. <laughs> See, I think this would have been. I think if I was I, the scriptwriter, I would have had Roddy McDowell saying the word "do," <laughs> "do." Yeah. And here, oh. that there we go. Now we're into the original ending. I like the I, I like the subtitle. Say, "Ow, no, stop!" Yeah. <laughs> Ow. Period. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Uh, you know, when you've had the endings that we've had in the first three films, you have to have a downbeat ending. That kind of goes without saying. Right, right. But apparently this this particular ending with, uh, you know, uh, 
Now, Future City, whatever its name is, on fire, and the apes beating the governor to death, along with the other remaining humans. Now, the Too other much. ending to this, the original ending, did he, what, he spared him? Did he have mercy on him and said, I'm not going to become like you or whatever? Or... Yeah, the in the original ending, or the theatrical ending, I should say, uh, Lisa turns away and says no, and then Caesar makes a second speech where he says that uh, we'll put, you know, put down our weapons and man will be dominated peacefully. And uh, uh, I do love uh, Aldo oh, is credited. The auctioneer was Gordon Jump from WKRP in Cincinnati. Yeah, I didn't but notice did that. that. But did you see there was a credit for Aldo? No. Yeah, Aldo is credited in there. I'm not sure which AP is, but Aldo is is in the film. Huh. But uh, which would make sense because he's the right age to be there with him in the next movie. Uh, but yeah, the original ending and that uh, we saw in the theaters, and you'd get on your regular releases on home media. Oh, another thing uh, about Planet Ape, shortest credits ever. Short <laughs> credits ever. At least this one doesn't have the ghost host telling us, and then the apes <laughs> And the then the world was destroyed. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Who are you? I've I... never heard your voice before. <laughs> or again. <laughs> Who is that oh, guy? But... That was God. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah, in the original ending, they do it. Uh, Caesar makes a second speech talking about how man would be dominated peacefully. The, the scene where the gorillas are raising their weapons up is played in reverse to show them lowering their weapons. Oh. And, uh, and then the, he gives the speech. It's actually pretty neat because he does say that this is the birth of the planet of the apes. And all they, they all start cheering. And it's all the scenes that I'm cheering uh, right at the end, which which is that that part of it is good. But, yeah, this ending is much better. The the I think I don't. I don't know if uh, I'm assuming that that you're on the same page with me there. Mm-hmm. Mm. The the only problem. Yeah, this this ending's more consistent with all the other with the other three movies yeah. anyway. The only problem that this introduces is then you can't go from this the direct the unrated ending to battle. It, right. It's it's tougher because in battle, and and you'll hear you folks will hear this next week on the battle commentary. Um, you know. Caesar is running Ape City, which has you know humans as subservient to apes, but they're they're alive. They're not all extinct, right? Like, which, whereas here with this ending, you can't really it, it'd be a logical leap to get to that. But no, I mean, taken on its own, this is I mean, this is a fantastic movie. I mean, I I mean, it's again, it's it's a little from just from the budget, it's kind of a B movie budget, but there's A movie performances and A movie effects and A movie action. I mean, I just, I mean, I've, this is about the third time I've watched this in about, I'd say probably three weeks. And every time I watch it, it's great. Yeah. I just enjoy the living hell out of it. I mean, I sort of basically watched, I had a little bit of sound going with the sound down. And I, I enjoy them just on a purely 100% visual level. Yes. So, so far, you know, when they get into literally the TV shows and stuff, it loses that, you know, but but these ones maintain just uh, there's eh, I don't want to say Genesequa, but there's something about the Here, combination of the a, colors and the makeup and the movements and the thing it just it appeal I guess it appeals to the monkey part of my brain maybe or you something know, you know, you know? The, I think I think the French term you're looking for is the maison scène mm, mm-hmm. the maison scène of these films they're visually very interesting to look at yes you know, everything comes together. And it's and even again, even if you're you come in midway through one, 
like this one. You can come in midway through conquest and pick up the story fairly easily. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very it's... straightforward. But if you're if you're channel surfing, even if you're not an apes fan, let's say you're just a general general science fiction fan, little bit of a geek, you're channel surfing. Visually, you're going to stop at this. What is this? Oh, okay. This is pla- this is this is one of the Planet of the Apes movies. You know, you almost even if you don't see the guys in the makeup, you can tell almost immediately. I gotta I gotta remember um, the next commentary i do with scott gardner to ask him if his kids watched any of these with him and what they thought we might have talked about that i think a little bit with planet of the apes way back when when we did that but i would wonder what somebody younger would think i i personally think they would enjoy it i i think they would get sucked into it they might be like oh this is a cheesy old movie at first but i i just don't see how you couldn't get sucked into any of these so far yeah and the thing about Planet of the Apes is, unlike Star Wars, where you know that the, the the common knowledge nowadays is that, or the common theorem I should say nowadays is that the idea that spoilers Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father is so well known in the culture that everybody knows it, even if they haven't seen Empire. Yes, you know I don't they know, know it through that... gags in other movies if right. they even haven't seen the movie, you know. But uh, to to a kid who hasn't seen Planet of the Apes, maybe someone who was born in the 2000s and is now, you know, 12, 13 years old, would they necessarily know the ending of Planet of the Apes or would they be surprised by it? That would be the other thing I'd be interested in, too. You know, the 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 of, of the first Planet of the Apes. Now, I've, I don't I don't expect anybody to know the ending of Beneath because who can see that coming? Really? <laughs> right. You know? But but I, that'd be something again. My, my kids are much too young for it. But I'd be I'm very interested to see when we watch them. It's like, are they gonna? Is that to something? Oh, everybody knows Planet of the Apes takes place on Earth. Or are they gonna say, Oh my God, it was Earth all along? And the whole nuclear war thing doesn't have the same resonance that it had then either. Too, you know. Yeah. Kids aren't as scared of nuclear bombs as they used to be. <laughs> They're more scared of school shooters or the. Yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> now it's not duck and cover it's throw the bullet Kevlar blanket over yourself oh man it, but it, this was a lot of fun though I, I really enjoyed this I've uh, I, I have to uh, extend a very big thank you to both uh, to you and Scott first off for just doing Planet of the Apes month which has just been an absolute hoot you know, or an for yes. me you know and uh, and it, you know, again, as I said, getting to sit down and watch these five movies with my wife, and we haven't watched them in years. And and just also thank you personally for letting me come on to do the show for Conquest because, you know, um, I, again, I I would have loved to have done Battle because Paul Williams is in it, but this is my favorite of the Planet oh, of the Apes okay. movies. So. You know, I, I had to do this because it was just my favorite one. I mean, I would be—I would just be talking about Paul Williams the whole time. And uh, that this here's a little sneak preview. Paul Williams gets to make a tell a uh, a big line of dialogue about a musician, which I think is hilarious. I yeah, I I don't know if I've gotten to that part yet. <laughs> it's still it's it's you have if you're halfway through you have when he's talk when he's talking when Virgil's talking quantum mechanics. Oh okay. He That's... talks about music, and it's like, of course, he talks about music because it's Paul Williams. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but this, like I said, that this uh, battle has it has a lot of merit, and I'm looking forward to hearing you guys talk about that. But Conquest is my favorite of them, even even more so than Rise. 
uh, obviously more so than the Tim Burton one, which I thought had some decent moments, but overall just kind of suffered again from too much Tim Burton. Uh, but this one to me is, is ever since I said, I first saw it, I was an adult when I saw it, or at least a young adult. And it really, really spoke to me as, man, that's just a really solid movie telling a good story. And it's a hell of a lot of fun. And so it's always just stuck with me. And I, and I was so glad to get a chance to rewatch it a couple of times and to do this commentary. And I hope everybody out there liked it because I had a hell of a lot of fun recording it. Yeah. (laughs) I, I, you know, I did the 20 year gap on this. So uh, I had the uh, like I I had the like oh god feeling is this gonna stand up to the awesomeness of the kid and so far boy it, it sure has even oh, yeah. more so and uh, so make sure every I, I think next week and this is how awful it, the scheduling it demands the corporate communication it, but I'm pretty sure that that I I know uh, I think it's Andrew Leyland and Paul Spataro are gonna do yes. the battle commentary so i'm really looking forward to that because i'm going to watch the movie and then i'm going to watch the commentary and i'm also very excited because it's it's also (laughs) a little break for me yeah it'll be interesting to hear just like an outside opinion on it and then scott and i'll be back for uh for the the last planet of the apes movie to come out the rise of the planet of the apes so you guys are gonna skip the the burton movie then yes I think that's probably a smart move. Yes. If we had another week this month, we probably would cover it. But that's one of those commentaries where, God, I'm sure we'd have a lot to say about it. Yeah. But, man, I really, like, I I was going nuts for that movie before it came out. I could, I was just like, Tim Burton's doing a Planet of the Apes movie. Oh my god, you know, I was in full ape mode there opening night, you know, with my friends, like, we're going to see Planet of the Apes. And the most, the first three quarters of the movie were, were, were acceptable. They were good. I was going, well, this isn't supplanting Planet of the Apes, but I like how he's updated it, and I like the way he portrays the apes in it and stuff. And they were more... You know, they were somewhere a midpoint between the CG apes of Rise and, and the original apes. Right. But... Because that was Stan Winston that did the effects on, on the Burton apes, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, and they're Stan beautiful. Winston studio. Yeah, they, they, they're I mean, beautiful and they're well acted and it's yeah, well written a, and it's well shot right up yeah, until the very st- end. Yeah, see, from a technical standpoint, Burton's apes film is, is very good. But yeah, it just doesn't hold up, and I and I'm applaud you for that. And because you know the you know you this it's a celebration of Planet of the Apes. You know you don't want to have a two hours of complaining either. You know or or making right. excuses or whatever. Right. Well, the for there'd be like and 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 of course it was probably what uh, it's probably like two. I can't remember how long it is, but it's probably two hours plus. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, it's it's not that I would mind like going and, and griping at the end of it. But man, I just had such a bad taste in my mouth after the end right. of that movie, and and that's rare for me. I'm usually fairly sunny or just like, all right, oh, that was that. But I like after I saw it, I just really have had no desire to watch it since. Yep, yep. So, that's kind of like me and Godzilla '98 in a lot of ways. I could, I could totally see that. I had a very similar experience with Godzilla '98, where I worked. I mean, worked myself. I mean, I've told the story. You know, our band practiced the song yes. Godzilla by Felicity <laughs> Felton played it for an hour before you know straight 
before the concert and then packed up our equipment and went and sat in the midnight movie of Godzilla just like, yes. And then we saw it. Not not yeah. that it was horror. I, I, I remember I was like, not like, oh, man, that sucked. But I was just like not. I didn't get exactly what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I just remember, like I said, on the, the round table, just feeling the well of disappointment in my in my gut, you know, and and just being at, at being right around 18 and a daikaiju, a crazy teenager, just being not happy after that. But but again, that I grew up watching Godzilla and loving that, you know, guys that grew up watching Planet of the Apes when Planet of the Apes was Star Wars before Star Wars. Yes. And Scott very aptly put, I believe it was on the Beneath commentary. Um, you know, I, I could see how that reaction makes a lot of sense, and I'm right there with you. Um, but one thing I, I do just want to say is if um, there, it, what's very odd to me is that there are is a decent amount of Planet of the Apes merchandise, almost none from this movie that I can find. Uh, there's a series of model kits from Battle, mm-hmm. which are really nice. Like, they've got Caesar and Aldo, and uh, uh, they've got... Um, I think they've got a couple it's, others. It's funny you mention this because the the Photoshop art I'm going to do is from an advertisement for Mego action figures. Yeah, for but this movie. There's, yeah, that there's, but it, they never made like a Caesar in the jumpsuit or something like that. They I made, I believe it was Ape Trainer was one of them. Mm-hmm. Hang on, I'm gonna pop up the picture right now. They got an Armando. There's an Armando Mego figure out oh, there wow. somewhere. Ape were these trainer. actually made, or were these just uh, prototypes? Um, collect all four of these eight-inch fully posable action figures. See, Migo's a bit before my time, so you know I'm not really sure. I've never seen an Armando or an Ape yeah. Trainer before. There's I was going to say, go to a gorilla slave. Yeah, me, um, uh, Migo Museum is a site that has I a love great that section. Site. Yeah, a great section of Planet of the Apes stuff. So they'll have the information if. You folks want to check that out. I've used that when went in Garage and I've used that website yeah. many times but, and it's very it's one of the few like old toy yeah. websites that's just really I think there's another one called boardgames.com. Board Game Geek. Board Game Geek. That one yes. is also very useful too. Board that, Game Geek is the um, is the the thrifter, the thrift gamer's best friend. Yeah, it tells I'm you what all the pieces the, are. Yep. Well, and and the thing is, is that uh, we're going way off track here, but that's okay. I belong to the Thrifters Guild on that Ooh. site, and if you need parts, yeah, or if you're looking to sell stuff, or if you're trying to find stuff, it did this. That site is absolutely amazing. Yeah, they tell you what it's going for on eBay. They and they have, they tell you if there's somebody looking for that game to trade or to buy, yeah. and all. It's and half, just, yeah, it's and half great. the time, if somebody has some parts, they usually just send them to you. I know uh, I picked up a game called Slamwich, which is a card game about making sandwiches uh, at Goodwill last year, and it, and it was missing a couple of cards. And a couple of people was, oh, well, just t- what, what cards are you missing? And I said, oh, I'm missing this card and this card. It's like, oh, well, send me your address. Yeah. I'll just send them to you. Well, I'm smelling you know? a board game podcast starting up, or at least you and I are going to have to get together sometime off air, and uh, I've got a garage <laughs> full of board games. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll have to talk. But, uh, but the thing about the model kits is that they were based; they were released around the time of battle, 
and so they have Caesar wearing the green jumpsuit like he wears in battle, but he's the his base is him in the treehouse. So you can't unless you took the Caesar from that and got a new base, you couldn't really make it from conquest. You'd have to mm. kitbash a base for him. So it's just again the movie that is probably you know the most visually tame of the series. Even except well maybe Escape, but Escape's got Cornelius's bathrobe, which makes up for a lot of the color <laughs> in that film. Uh, I think they blew the color budget on that one robe. Yes, you know, I, I mean, I would love a just like a, a Amigo style or a, a one six scale uh, Caesar in his green uh, jumpsuit with the M sixteen, like we see in this movie. I would put that on my, I'd put that on my shelf right now. You know, like a sideshow toys style one six. Yeah detailed with 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 the real fur matted fur and stuff that'd be great but you know if we're going to talk about things that don't exist i want to spend money on we'll be here all night yeah <laughs> and we'll spend a million dollars yeah and ape law for, forbids that clearly so. <laughs> That's i've been good... saying that i've been saying that all month too <laughs> I'm, it's ape law. <laughs> it's great. I was at work today, and I'm wearing a T-shirt with a picture of it's the whole front of the T-shirt is a picture of a gorilla, and uh, I make lots of jokes that are only funny to myself or say things <laughs> that only mean anything to my. And this one kid I'm working, he's like a high school senior football player kid, and he's like, "Is that a Planet of the Apes shirt?" And I'm like, "No, it's not, but it is Planet of the Apes month this month." <laughs> <laughs> and he just get you know gave me that look which I get all the time and yeah. walked away. But I, I was what, right. Yep, yeah. I was very very tempted. I saw a shirt the other day. It was just like a almost like a graffiti type drawing of the face of a gorilla, and then it below just said "Ape shall never kill ape." Ooh! And I was like, oh, I was hovering over the the buy button on that one. I'm like, oh, ah, yeah, that looks good. <laughs> I passed on it because the problem was it was it was like seventeen ninety five in pounds. Oh, so it, so it was like, like thirty bucks. Thirty bucks, and then you'd have to pay the VAT tax on it anyway. So it would have been, and then shipping, it would have been forty bucks to get the shirt. I'm like, I even I can't justify that. Sorry, price. Britain, you don't get our money. <laughs> Sorry, Leyland. Maybe 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 Leyland will pick up that shirt. We'll find out <laughs> next week. <laughs> If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. Visit our website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2TrueFreaks is always spelled T-W-O. T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S You can email 2 True Freaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com 2 True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. 
friends. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks.